0: I actually think ambition is your competitive advantage. Work on articulating or having that ambition that is just, you become in service to this thing. It's bigger than you. And and you will capture the imagination of the talent that you need to attract along the journey, the investors that are gonna help fund this. It's the thing that's really gonna drive um, something that becomes enduring in the world.
1: Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited because we have episode 76. In episode 76 of the afternoon tea, we have an amazing guest by the name of Andre Chirou. And Andre, before we get into this, let me set this up, if you please. Andre Chirou is a prominent figure in the venture capital industry, known for his expertise in early stage investments and his ability to identify promising startups. Andre began his career in finance before transitioning to the venture capital industry, working with some legendary companies on the way. He was one of Uber's first 25 employees and led Hired's expansion into 16 markets across six countries. In 2016, he founded Maple VC, where he has backed some great startups, including Neo, Lair Zero, and Reno Run, maybe Run. On top of this, Andre is the co-chair of the C100 tasked with helping organize the world's most influential Canadians in tech which is a huge job. Andre, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Pleasure to be here and that is an awesome introduction.
1: Thank you that's super kind of you. Thank you, Chris. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you for doing the stuff to make it easy for me to write. That's that's how that's how <laughs> I'm going to put it. But Andre, let's go right let's go right into it. Um can you tell me the founding story of Maple VC?
0: Absolutely. So I basically parlayed a decade of operating experience. Thank you for pointing out the two that worked out, (laughs) i.e. Uber and Hired. But there were two that didn't work out. One was called Color Labs that was uh, uh, funded by Sequoia after I joined. The other was called Cinemagram that was also funded by Menlo Ventures after I joined. And so I got this picture of four companies all before there were 25 employees. And the two that worked out happened to have Canadian co-founders at the helm of those companies, but the companies weren't in Canada. And so I pulled (laughs) on that thread. That's the thread that actually led me to the C100 and this wonderful community that organizes all of these expats. But it's the thread that helped me realize that, gosh, some of the biggest companies in tech that we know of, products that we... Used widely, um, also were founded by Canadians, but the mm-hmm. companies weren't in Canada, right? So, companies like or entities like Ethereum, of course, there's Uber, but people don't know. And we got a chance to meet uh, David Buzuki, right, at uh, mm-hmm. at uh, at C100 Summit for Roblox, and then mm-hmm. there's Slack, and there's Instacart, and there's Cloudflare, and Databricks, and Fair, and Notion, and the list is it's about a half a trillion dollars of market cap. And notice I didn't mention Shopify because that was the obvious one mm-hmm. that was in Canada. But when I looked at all of their cap tables in this cohort of companies created by Canadian uh, co-founders, I noticed that none of them had a Canadian investor on any of their cap tables at the earliest stages. This includes Shopify.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I found that to be strange because when you look at their early employees, many of them, employee well, Fionn, Ted, 15, 20, 30 are Canadian, because guess what? You hire from the schools you went to, the Burr. communities you're part of, where you grew up. So why was there this gap uh, in the investor side? And when I connected with many of those, some of those founders, not many, some of them, I found out that uh, it's not like they didn't try. They tried to raise, for example, FAIR.com raised, tried to raise their round in Canada 2017 or 2018, and <laughs> everyone said no. And so... That's what I said, gosh, you know, in any given category, this is a deep belief that I have, there's maybe one, two, max, three winners in any any given category. I believe deeply you will find a Canadian at the helm of one of them because history has shown in any of the companies I listed, they are category-defining companies in their respective categories, uh, and they have a Canadian co-founder but no Canadian investors. And so Mm -hmm. I said, gosh, what if there was a fund I was waving the canadian flag hence the name that i chose maple bc but what if it was ironically not based in canada because history has shown those founders who stay in canada like a toby they look for outside perspective on their cap table and maybe Ooh. i could intercept those founders as they go to silicon valley and then second uh, there is this cohort of founders who've left um, perhaps part of that cohort and i just figured they're sure as hell not calling an adpc in canada now that they're in name your market in the u.s or or perhaps even internationally uh, they're just going to be backed by the local bcs in that in that market and so that was the founding sort of idea um and thesis and in 2016 as you noted, it was late 2016 uh-huh. in some ways i consider it to be 2017 because the first check was december like 15 uh-huh. 2016 um i uh I raised one point two million on the sort of side of my day job at hired and um and with, with the with the with the uh the blessing or the anointing and the and the backing of the founders at hired. And um I went on to this journey that I'm on to prove that Canadians can be can can create continue to create category defining companies. So one point two million turned into sixteen and a half for the second but, vehicle and now Forty million. Although I'm I'm in the middle of fundraising for that for that fund.
1: Fantastic, and I'm sure you're going to do it quickly because I, I think that is such an interesting thesis. Um, definitely an interesting thesis. Well, I know that you are. You have a relationship with Innovia Capital. Can you can you yes. explain Can you explain that relationship?
0: Absolutely. So hats off to Chris and the team there. Um, basically in in 2019. So every fund that I have invests over three years. Um, And at the tail end of of, of, uh, 2018, 2019, uh, I made nine investments with the fund. That was to prove that I have access to, I think, some of the best talent. (laughs) I also wanted to prove that this cohort of Canadians, both in Canada and and, and abroad, have a higher at-back to potential home run ratio as a VC than (laughs) any other sort of um, talent network. And so that's why I wanted to sort of build a sub sub sort of scale diversified portfolio. Most portfolios should have twenty to thirty investments, especially when you're investing at the pre series state, uh, to give you a shot at you know, make hit it out of the because that's our that's our business. Grant we're in the Grand Slam business. But I just wanted to stick it and prove uh to, to to the market that I could do it with less than ten and six of those companies, uh, um, went to the later stages one that you, you rightly pointed out with Renorun run um but uh, all of them ended up with a tier one vc right. three with sequoia two with Andreessen, one with Greylock, founders fund lightspeed Tiger, your insight and i and um and uh i started to build relationships with all of them as mm-hmm. a result of those shared tastes that we ended up finding that we had in the uh, companies that i invested in earlier and um and so uh many of those funds including inovia said gosh your hit rate is so high how are you doing this and um inovia was the one to probably get it the fastest because Mm -hmm. they're canadian uh versus the others um but uh they all basically said we should put you in business for maple too when are you raising that next fund and when are you going to do it full time because we think Mm -hmm. you're really good at this and so inovia is one of those first funds to do that and um they backed me one of the very first checks in Maple 2 in the $16.5 million vehicle. And as part of that, they said, hey, it's going to take you, You know, typically takes a year to 18 months to raise any fund um, when you're <laughs> a manager. Um, and so, and, it, and particularly harder when you're a first time fund manager. And so they were like, hey, along this journey, along the way, you've never worked at a venture fund. That's true. Um, we would love to have your voice at the table for all things sort of pre seed seed. You clearly have a, a better at back to Owen ratio than we do at that stage. Um, so we could learn from you, but also we would love you to learn from us because your ambition is to build a storied institution I, right. in a different way than Inobia, but nonetheless, I, I want an institution to live beyond me. Uh, and so um, I could sit and be a fly on the wall to learn. I know we was able to do that, so we created a venture partner structure um, with no conflict of interest with their LPs and my LP. So I don't have, you know, specific carry in their fund or anything like that. <laughs> it's a it's a consulting relationship, and then they are an LP in Maple Maple VC and, and have been since that fund, and, and recently committed to this third fund.
1: Oh, that's an awesome relationship, and it's such a great way too because I mean, with Maple VC, it's I don't want to say it's a one person team, but there is a lot of you know, it's you you're calling it. And not having that guidance can be a bit of a challenge, especially, you know, you're going into your third fund. I mean, you're definitely not a, a spring chicken here, but at the same time, you do need to have that guidance and all that. And Chris and team, as Chris Arsenault and team, I believe. Uh, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, right. we'll, you know, be able to help you out, which, which I think is great. Well, you know, one question I get a lot from, from younger uh, Canadian founders is, how do I even get myself noticed or like in front of VCs? Sir, is there, is there, you know, I don't want to give away any secret sauce here, but is there any way that you would recommend? As a founder,
0: or or someone wanting to get into VC,
1: let us go as a as a founder. As a founder, as a founder the, the, theme, yeah. the theme of the podcast. Let's go with that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. As a founder, so so, you know, our business, we are in the business, we are in the outlier business. That's like right. by definition, that's what we're in, and right. so, um, we are constantly looking for outliers, and right. that is true in the essence of that entire word it doesn't have to be a company it could be something crazy that you've done on your resume just something that stands out demonstrate that you are outlier like and some things that are consistent with outliers that I think about quite a bit in my business is sometimes outliers people don't notice it in their earliest you know infant form or infant stage In fact, most people, most people shut it. (laughs) Um, uh, um, And so uh, uh, being noticed is, is a, is a, it's, it's, it's the efforts of figuring out how you, you tell your story Mm -hmm. um, and demonstrate that there are outlier parts to your story. Even if it's, you know, every VC rejected me. Like that might sound like a bad thing but mm-hmm. but we're in the business like most outliers are non-consensus but right in the mm-hmm. earliest days they eventually mm-hmm. become consensus but in the <laughs> earliest days they're non-consensus and so so that's also outlier right like like but I'm proud to have backed almost like some of the companies in the half of the companies that are in Canada for me um uh, many of them got rejected by every VC in Canada, <laughs> and that to me is an amazing <laughs> signal. Come talk to me for the founders <laughs> listening on this podcast. If every if you've got rejection by VCs, that is a really good sign. Come talk. I want to talk to you uh, because history has shown all of the best companies have also been rejected at the earliest stages <laughs> because it's not obvious to most. That that so that's one as like a as a tactic, if you will. But mm-hmm. but the but the, the real answer here is um, um, constantly demonstrate that uh, your background has outlier-like um, uh, activity in it, even mm-hmm. if it's non-founding a company. It's just in your story, where you came from, where you went to school, what you did, things you accomplished, et cetera. Um, those things speak to someone's strength and less about finding well-rounded sort of uh, people as founders to be honest it's more about um, indexing on gosh this person's strength is like is like 10x 20x 100x more than the next person who might have this strength that is something that vcs are leaning into
1: uh, so, so good old alfred e newman's yb normal makes a lot of sense here then you you want right. to be sticking out you know i'm aging right. myself but <laughs> definitely, definitely. That well, right. You know what's what? I mean, what what you said actually kind of already speaks towards some of these characteristics of entrepreneurs. But is there any ones that you notice that you know these outliner specific characteristics? Uh, maybe it's um, you know a focus on uh, a specific. Well, just is there anything that you found that there is a typical um, sure. you know characteristic of someone who you would so,
0: invest in? So maybe this answers the questions. I put founders in three buckets, and um, just to codify it. Uh, I call it zeros, ones, and twos, <laughs> but I will, I will, I will give them a label. So the first bucket are inventor types. Mm. The second bucket are builder types, and the third bucket are operator types. And mm. so, the, if we follow that, in zero, one, and two. Um, I have found um, what I uh, let let's call let's call building a company a five step process. Okay. So from zero, like the prototype, to mm-hmm. five, the vision being realized instead of everything between, mm-hmm. um, I have found that inventor type zeros are really good at the prototype phase, but also um, uh, uh, like inventing the future, frankly, like step five. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, uh, for example, you ask them, hey, what's the vision of the company? Um I have found inventors to say, okay, like, here's, here's what the future holds. Here's what this thing could become. Um, and when you look at their background, particularly cause they're inventor types, they've got the PhDs, they've got all the technical requirements for one to believe that they can <laughs> invent this future. Um, uh, uh, I found them to be really good at like, okay, they, they can actually create this thing. They could actually prototype it. Maybe they're even showing a prototype. Um, what I have found, though, that is that that vision is quite linear. So right. it's sort of like here's how this prototype will become the future, like step right. five. Um, um, so let's let's and I'll I'll comment on each in a second. But let's just that's like <laughs> one archetype, uh, if if that helps. The the second archetype is this builder type, and I have found that this builder type um, has a real ability to to go from zero to one. So in fact, they're actually not that great at building the prototype, but they have this ability to sort of figure out some unique starting point and actually build something like get something out in the hands of people, however <laughs> janky that might be, it's 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 out there in into the wild. And then when you ask them what the vision of where this becomes, I have found that the builder types are able to, Let's call it capture your imagination of where this could go. And why I say that is because the path is definitely not linear as to what they are painting in <laughs> my mind. Um, and I guess some examples, or maybe I'll leave I'll leave the examples uh, I'll leave the examples uh, uh, to, to the end. And so where they're good is zero to one, and where they're good is painting the vision of step five. But they can't <laughs> actually create it when you look at their background. There's <laughs> nothing that necessarily points to like the domain or like their technical capability. All that really that they have in their background to point to is that they're, they build stuff. They can like take something from zero to one and like <laughs> make something happen. This The third archetype, this operator, I have found to be not that they can't come up with a good starting point like zero to one. Um, uh, or paint you a vision, but I found that where they really excel, again, these are the characteristics of where each archetype excel, mm-hmm. they really excel with taking that idea at step one and bringing it to step two, bringing it to step three, and then three mm-hmm. to four. Um, and not again, not that they can't do these other steps, but they're like, really accidentally jump off the page in terms of operationalizing executing against an idea (laughs) and my belief is that to build anything of endurance in the world particularly in tech but just any business in general you're going to need all three archetypes a Uh. mentor a builder and an operator so that leads you to the question of okay people are attracted to to like talent, is a, like uh, you're going to have to attract a bunch of talent in order to achieve that goal. And whether we like it or not, my belief is we're attracted to people like ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're an inventor type, you're going to likely attract a bunch of other inventor types. Let's call it your PhD, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You're going to attract a bunch of other PhDs. If you are a builder type, you're going to attract a bunch of other builders. And if you're an operator, let's call it a McKinsey or you know, best of banker like need hit back in the day. Uh-huh. You're going to, you're going to attract a bunch of other bankers or McKinsey types to join you on your journey. Uh-huh. It's rare to find an archetype that can attract all, all three. And what I have found or what I look for is if there was any of the three that are, an, uh, that have the ability to attract all three, it's the builder. The uh-huh. builder has this unique ability to say, Hey, inventor i can't create this thing or prototype it so like invent the future don't worry about what step one is like i've got that figured out but i can't actually because it can build it and what i found is the inventor likes that because they don't need to think about how to go from zero to one they could just focus on on like creating and, and mm-hmm. prototyping and building then hilariously, the builder can go to the operator and say don't worry about the idea and where we're gonna go like here is this." step one like go run with it frankly you can operate this better than i can right and so it's um they the builder is able to give them their lane and they just and they run and uh uh, these are very different archetypes so sometimes they clash over time and they move in their roles over time but um you know needless to say i'm looking for uh, uh, builders because if you haven't figured out what the zero to one step is there is a ceiling to how big mm. the company becomes because if you're stuck at the prototype or just working towards step five and you're skipping all these steps it might be acquirable but like I don't think it ends up becoming super large and then if you're an operator you know while your idea might be interesting it's sort of there's, there still might be a ceiling because that step zero to one wasn't wasn't non-obvious enough, if you will, that um, that uh, that put a limit to how big those become. So I do think there are founders out there, and, and frankly, it's easier as a VC to back the inventor and the operator because on paper it's sort of it's more logical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what I found, and maybe this is speaking to my experience at Uber. Um, I have found that like, when you find a builder that ends up hitting out at a ballpark, you look at, you look back and you're like, there was no evidence that this person could achieve what they ended up achieving, but their ability to organize talent around then was like, was like next to none. Like, like there was so much diversity around the table in these three buckets. It didn't, it didn't sort of lean to one or the other. It was just pretty well distributed. And you can get a sense of this early in the founding team and the advisors that are around them etc and so um uh I, I am on a search for these for these builder types i guess to, to end with examples right like um i would say a larry page is a builder or a want uh sergey brin is a zero and in inventor and eric schmidt is a two uh, in terms of an operator and you kind of need all three to create google like you can't you don't get google without all three um uh I imagine in the baseball context that Sheryl Sandberg is an operator. Obviously, is a, is a one, and and someone in the journey, not Chris Cox or someone. I'm not sure uh-huh. is probably in that in that inventor sort of idea like prototyping kind of person. Uh, uh, Winklevoss twins, uh, I believe. Uh, oh man, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we we'll, won't we'll, we'll, we'll go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but but like the you know the examples are how. Like, how does limos turn into a logistics engine for a city? How does how does books turn into the everything store? How does a sports car turn into uh, a battery company? Like, like it's not obvious. It's not linear. You look uh-huh. at their background. Like, there's no reason to believe that they could achieve this, but they are incredible allocators of talent and people and have magnets for that. And um, and uh, I think that's probably. Uh, one of the major things that I am looking for and I, I, you know, you have to believe that this person can build an army. Like there Mm. is no company, maybe Instagram, but again, that just got bought for a billion. Like, (laughs) like there's no massive enduring company in the world that, that didn't have to go hire tens of thousands of people. And so you have to believe that the person across the table, like truly has that and here's the here's the trick to the point and i'll finish on this I so i'm <laughs> talking um anyone can be a builder it's not that you're just not a builder it depends on the context for what you are building right why are you the one the one the builder for this for this for this thing that you're that you're pitching um and one of those ways to double check that is to see the types of people you can attract how, how what's the spectrum from phd on one end to mckinney on the other and everything in between right mm-hmm. not necessarily put people in these black and white boxes but but um uh you can get a good sense of that that early and uh um and and that means like in one context a cheryl sandberg is great she's a two or an operator in the context of facebook in the context of the lead-in movement that she's created she's a one she's a builder right yeah. um and so figuring out whether that thing you're pitching is the right context. That's what I would love to for founders to to really see more of in themselves from an introspection perspective of like not everyone and their mother can create a business that's going to touch a billion really people's lives. Like maybe you're best served in that context as an operator or mm-hmm. an inventor of the thing, less of a builder and like you're going to start this company. Um I would I would wish for less people starting companies and more people figuring out where they are in this um in this framework because frankly you're not going to really change the world unless you have um attract this spectrum of talent in spades like like tens of thousands of them um uh you might make some money and and folks might make a bit of money but i'm mainly interested in, in like being a part of the most enduring companies in the world and and so uh Builders and all the archetype characters that have come ar- come along with that that I hopefully shared um, is what I'm looking for. Is that well makes no, that is Helpful? that's
1: imp- well? It not only doesn't make sense. I've actually you know you've you've actually I've always been thinking about it in these ways in terms of like our startup for example. I will call TTT a startup in in our own light. You know, I'm the idea guy starting off. You know, I'll say my brother kind of got it. You know, cooking with me, but he's more better with that. And then uh, you know we hired our ceo because he's hi. the operations guy so i mean exactly uh, what you cool. just described is the path <laughs> cool. you know but i nice. mean my one question my one question about that to to, to not push back sure. but just try to understand it's really hard to have all three of those in the early stages and you do yes. like early stages companies how do you do you, is that why you look for you know number number one more yes. in that because of that limitation
0: yes exactly and and you know, you, you could have it in the founding team or you get a sense again of the people that they're spending time with around the table. I love to get to know people. I don't love the sort of get dated, get married. So many of the investments I've made, it's been tracking the founders over a period of time. And, um, or they're signaled from the introductions that came to me that give me a trajectory of tracking this person over time. Like something needs to, help me do that and uh and you can get a quick sense like also i consider myself a two an operator in the Mm -hmm. context of joining a company in the context of maple i do think i'm a i'm a builder in this in this in the context of building maple but um (laughs) i ask myself will i join them you know no different than if i you know the way i joined the four companies that we talked about and um and uh that gives me an interesting sense of uh, where I think they might be on the spectrum. I might and I will likely get it wrong because, you know, um, people can evolve and change. And like, as you mentioned, you're betting so early uh, on people that that um, uh, it's not as black and white as it, as, it, as, it, as, it, as it might seem. But I'm trying my best to get a sense of their ability to attract that type of talent in the future because it's harder than you than you than you think but you can get a picture of that you or you can get like no different than i'm underwriting the business of the first principles of the idea that they're presenting i'm also under and where that can go in the future i'm also underwriting the founder and their ability to attract the people that i think are necessary and you can get a view and a picture of it early by spending time with them in many different ways yeah that are this is necessarily obvious
1: this is so interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I might want to try an experiment like the next, uh, I don't know, something like a Vancouver Tech Journal event or somewhere where we have a mix and match of startup types. Sure. I might want to just ask them, hey, you know what? Here's the name tag. Are you a one user or are you two?
0: <laughs> and like, just,
1: I would love to actually see if people have the vision of themselves and then also to look around and go, hey, you know what? You're working with that person and you're a one in a one. That might be <laughs> conflictual. Oh, this is a one of- or one and two, well, it makes three, I guess. Um, PayPal
0: is a really good example of a bunch of builders that got together. And of course they're not going to stay there forever and they're going to go start their own thing. But like, that's a classic example of a bunch of ones builders getting together to like build this thing. And they were able to capturing, you know, and, and obviously hire the other numbers along their journey. But like those builders stayed there for a certain period of time and then they're off. You know, building building their 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 next thing, and in that case, it was an acquisition, right? It was sort of like a, you know, yes, it is actually a very endearing company, it, uh, which is another interesting sort of uh, 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 exercise to underwrite, where it's like sometimes they didn't realize all of the potential back then, but it's still an enduring company in its form today, like right, PayPal. Um, so I still credit that to builder types that created that thing, whether they actually realized the gains, um, uh, in the full potential of the journey or not, you know, is another question, but, but. But they created something that's endurance in the world, which for is like sure. what, I, what I'm looking for. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, that's so interesting because, I mean, everyone thinks of Musk as that inventor type. But at the end of the day, you know, he took Tesla from one. He's a builder. He's a, one. builder. he's a total builder. Yeah. You know, everything yeah, he's, he's a, done is someone a, else's a ideas. He's, he's a one. And
0: like the Mark, what's the guy's name? Martin, the guy who actually created Tesla. Yeah. He's a zero. He's the inventor. Uh-huh. He actually invented. He built the first. Bus didn't build this stuff, right? Like he just figured out the unique step one that this thing needs to focus on in terms of the sports car, in terms of Lotus, like all those like hacks to get this thing off the ground, but the guy who actually built it is Martin and that's a zero. And then eventually I would argue his COO, whoever that is today, I think she was with him really, really early is the two is the operator and you kind of need all three. And again, they could come in different parts of the journey right? Dara came later for Uber, right? Uh-huh. Then, then, uh-huh. then Travis, but like, he is an operator. He's a two. And sometimes you have them together. I mean, Eric Schmidt came in and took it, took the reins for 10 years. Like it could come uh-huh. in all different forms. But the point is like, can you even attract those people to join uh-huh. your journey? Like that's in and of itself, super hard.
1: Wow. I'm just learning so much. This is way too cool. Way too cool. Well, you know what? Well, tell me about uh, working at Hired. Tell me about Hired and what to your role there.
0: Yep, so the role, uh, it was called Developer Auction at the time and uh, founded by uh, four founders, uh, one of which is a guy named Matt Mieskiewicz, who's out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And, um, local boy. <laughs> uh, I was at Mentela Venture Partners, sort of posting up in between gigs, and those uh, partners, Robin and Duncan, were the ones to share first share um, this blog post, I think, from Developer Auction to me. And uh, they studied it pretty much over a whole night or a day. Uh, I got sort of a similar excitement that I think when I was able to look back at the three other companies I joined um, that I got a similar sort of excitement around. And I got an introduction to that through a friend in Vancouver, that ecosystem. And um, we shared our visions of recruiting. There was some overlap. Uh, the the one thing you might have missed uh, um, uh, or... or um, I didn't mention in the bio is is in between joining uh and being an early stage employee at companies that ended up working out um i tried my hand at starting a company and failed chris pointer? And, so, and so uh yeah viewpointer pointer prospect linker i mean and that yeah. it had many other names that really good i realized <laughs> i'm not i'm not well suited to be a builder in the context of building a uh venture back uh startup and so um uh but that that company was in the recruiting space, so I had spent a bunch of time thinking about it and and that sort of paid I guess dividend later to connect with the hired folks. And there were what, maybe 10 to 15 10 to 10 to 12 people in the office in F that um, and uh, after and, uh, a day of interviews, um, I got hired as uh, an expansion manager where the business was working in San Francisco and they were considering of how to launch. There's all sorts of ways of how to scale that business as it's not as local as a uber business (laughs) um but there is local aspects to it and so i came and i said let's try to expand to new york to see if we could learn and um so i was a bit of a nomad uh at the time and so uh i was tasked with that And, and fortunately i was able to do in three months what sf took to do in a year Across every metric. And they were like, gosh, okay, this, this, this guy's figured it out. And um, and then I wrote a plan of how we could scale beyond that. And uh, they quickly promoted me as VP of Expansion to, to, to do that. So, uh, and then as you mentioned, it ended up being somewhere around 16 or 17 markets across six countries, including Canada, which I'm proud of, of, of launching
1: as you should be. Well, you know, I read that one of your superpowers is launching products into new <laughs> markets. So what makes okay. you so good at this? Like what, what's the discipline?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, so well, a few thoughts come to mind. One is, um, I really get a kick out of, let's say being in places I, ne- you know, not necessarily should be, or like I'm an outsider right. uh, in, in those in those communities, in those cultures, in those cities, and I get a kick out of navigating and finding my way to whoever the right people are for the task at hand. Um, And, uh, you know, I guess at Uber, I was encouraged by this when Ryan Graves, the gentleman I reported to at the time, said uh, in one of my reviews, um, you know, throw this guy, give this guy a month in a city and he'll know half the city. Give him a year, he might be the mayor of the city. <laughs> and so, you know, when you're getting that reinforcement, excuse me, and um that that encouragement, uh, that that really helped. And then and then secondly, as I mentioned for hired, when I launched New York, I actually really wanted to develop the skill of being a GM, like a mini CEO of a market, like OP and L. As a expansion person, you, you briefly own the PNL, but then you hire someone and you hand it off to that person to, to establish it and, and run it going forward. Um, and I remember this pivotal moment with the CEO hired at the time, Mayhol Patel, saying, Hey, this is where I I wanna develop the skill, I wanna build this team. I know I can hire look who I have hired, but now I want them reporting to me and like and like building a team and building the market and owning owning the revenue, all of that. And he looked at me and said, "We can do that. So if, if that's what you want, you know, you've done an amazing job here. Like we we are happy to promote you to be the, to be the GM, and I can like help you with that skill set. But I will tell you this: um, I can find another a better GM than you. <laughs> like, just straight okay. up, I can find a better GM. But we'll, but we'll, we can keep that job for you because you've done some good stuff and right. But like, but I'm telling you right now, I can find someone better." What I can't find anywhere else in the world is what he said. I think is someone who could launch markets like you, and and I you're at a point in my career. I think I was uh mid to early to mid late thirties, something like that. Like I don't know, thirty three. Um, and uh, you know, he said like someone did that with him as well, and and it's really important to lean into your strength. And granted, you have all these areas of developer that you want to work on and that while that is important, um if you could find the intersection of what you're really good at, what I think you're interested in at least I hope that you are because you do a good job at it. And um and where there's a need, <laughs> which we have a need for this job right now, uh, not that we also don't for this GM role. We do need someone to run the arc. Um when you add that intersection like some like something special really kind of happens. And and right. so uh uh, that was a crossroads for me that eh, that, you know, I, I obviously chose to go the launching markets route, which was tricky because there's always an end date, Chris. There's an <sighs> end date to launching markets. So as a young person in your career like, dude, I'm gonna have a job soon. Okay, great. I launched all these markets, then what? Like I'm done. <clears throat> and that was always a fear that like, okay, this is like a temporary job. Like I don't I don't get a permanent job, no one's giving me a permanent job which is what the GM job represented in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, uh, with this encouragement, and again, to, as I, you know, through introspection and you start to see what the market is giving you feedback on, no different than a product. If you think mm-hmm. about yourself as a product, you're like, oh man, this seems like product market fit. Um, you, you gotta lean into that. I'm proud that I have. And, and in many ways, when Maple in a founder and we're on the cap table, that is one strand of a couple of other things that we do. That that ha, that 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 uh, allows me to, to to partner with some of the best matters that I that I have, and, and I'm really grateful of that. So, um, um, hopefully, that answers your question. But oh, definitely uh, does.
1: Andre yeah. market fit. We we got it. We got it. So this is <laughs> this is perfect. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of intrigued because I mean, you were one of the first 25 employees at Uber. How did you see yeah. the like, how did you see the future when you, when you, you know, what they probably describe as, oh, it's a taxi company, you know, or however they did it that yeah. small? You, de- you, definitely early days. you
0: definitely don't see the future. You doesn't don't see the future. But <laughs> I was at a company called Color Labs, uh, uh-huh. reporting to a gentleman by the name of Peter Pham, who now runs an incubator in LA called Science Labs.
1: Uh-huh. And,
0: and this was now we had launched, we had announced our round from Sequoia, all this Wu Pod the market, and no one was frankly using the product. Uh, it was really yeah. sad. We we were sort of pre Instagram. We wanted to create a social network around photos. By the way, great idea. And but one in a non obvious way, no one would have guessed. Right back to the point of like non obvious and like and like like starting points that aren't sort of clear. No one would have thought filters would have been the thing that yeah. would have been the like the like hook that got people to to put their photos up. No one would have thought we we were creating a photo network with those who occupied the same space at the same time. So if you're at a party, you take a book, you automatically show up on the other phone and create like, great, this networking found a it novel it was actually technically really hard to do. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and the province was there, but, but it was failing. And so, uh, there was another gentleman I was working for named DJ Patel who ended up being chief data scientist of the Obama administration. Uh, but these two gentlemen I owe it to were like, Andre, the ship is sinking. <laughs> we're leaving. You should leave too, and (laughs) you did some really good work in a pretty short period of time. So let's go. We like we want to we want to want to introduce you to some of our friends uh, who we think are working on some interesting stuff. But you should start interviewing. And so I ended up getting a job offer from Jawbone. Do you remember the Fitbit competitor raised a billion dollars? Like product on the shelf, you could touch and feel it. And um, I was going to work on their marketing of the Jambox uh, to schools at the time. And, um, so I had that offer and then yes, I got introduced and I think it was Uber cab at the time they were would looking to hire a launcher. And in their definition, that was some, you know, I, again, this was the first job for me to kind of expand. Um, although color labs had me trying to get the product to be used at school. So I was spent most of the year that I worked there, um, on campuses across the country in a very much an expansion kind of ish role but it wasn't <laughs> called that um and uh 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 this this role was described to me as someone they'd have to throw in a market that to figure out how to build a business hire the team and go to the next market and so the role first was like wow that's interesting i think this is kind of what i'm kind of doing and what i am like at color but but in a much more legit way and so that that's interesting um that was sort of one part of the decision the second part was um when i got to interview with travis uh the one question i did ask he said you get one question in the interview process, <laughs> which i had thankfully passed all the way to get to that point to him um uh, i asked him what's the vision of uber and and he said that's a great question and he really really loved answering this question and, and this is close to verbatim um Uh, as it's sort of etched in my mind. Um, But he said something along along the lines of, uh, we are going to deliver you anything. We're building a logistics engine for a city. It just so happens to be a black car today that takes you from point A to point B. And we're going to maniacally focus on that for however long takes. (laughs) And we would debate about, like, TaskRabbit was a competitor. And he would say TaskRabbit won't win because they solve they try to solve and be of, of everything to everyone. <laughs> but we're going to deliver you thing: a town car. takes even point A to point B. And that's why we're going to win. And that taught me a whole host of things later on. But but that vision captured my imagination, like what? right, which I look for now and found there's when I meet them, um, in this pretty non-obvious starting point, right? And to your point about this taxi company, when I went to my friends, peers, colleagues, family, and now I had these two offers, Own versus Uber. Um, the feedback I got from my old peers, family called the exact color was like, dude, you're going to join a taxi company? Like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> and oh, it's limo. It's the douchiest product ever. Like one engineer at color. I love it. I love this gentleman. Um, <laughs> said like, I would never, like the human, I would never use. That's the douchiest product you know where that engineer works now? <laughs> you can guess. He works anywhere, he's an of Uber course. engineer. And so <laughs> it's sort of like, it was a, a case book one-on-one lesson adventure to me, which was the biggest outcomes are not obvious to most in the earliest days. And, and again, maybe because I'm a sucker for these things, or again, as you asked me, the characteristics of launching, I love to throw myself in cities and markets and cultures as you know, I live in Korea, you know, well, you we're try, getting try, getting try finding a, try <laughs> finding a person that looks like me in Korea. Like it's relatively hard to find, but, but like, I am eerily comfortable <laughs> being in this situation. Okay. I, and, and again, maybe it's just upbringing of being the person who looks different, maybe in the room, but like, I am insanely comfortable sort of, sort of, going against the grain or or seeing something that maybe other people don't see or just just again just there's a comfort level to that uh. Uh, inherently and so i got a kick out of everyone being like yo like it almost put a chip on my shoulder of like, Dude, like you didn't hear what the vision is and like it's tough to try to repeat that to others but like they don't know that secret of what this could become that uh. like got me so sort of jazzed up and the third thing was when i got to meet there's not a lot of people there 20 people Um, you basically shook hands with everyone for the Mm -hmm. most part as part of the interview process, the range of people. And again, I didn't, and I couldn't articulate it at the time. I didn't know this at the time, but when I think about why I joined role, vision, Uh like pro and the product products, how it, how it would, um, how it would achieve the vision. And third, um, the people, the people around the table were just, a range, like a range, like he had a math department, which he called math department. It was two PhD people working in, like, trying to uh, uh, project what demand would look like in some market. Uh, and again, we were really only in SF and Boston, right? two two cities. And um, and so for for those reasons, I took the Uber job over Jobo. You know, obviously, we don't know Jobo today because went bankrupt and it's done. <laughs> And uh, unfortunately, it, it worked out for, for Uber. But it's worth noting that uh, Chris, I'm the crazy person who left, right? And folks are like, well, why did you leave? And I guess I'm a sucker for this. But again, I seem to, in all four companies, join them in their most known, non-obvious days and then <laughs> leave when it's working. <laughs> and someone said, you would make a great VC because that is oh. the job of effectively a VC at the earliest stages. Absolutely. And you are clearly a sucker for this stuff. So, like, and that's a hard skill, to, skill set to find. And so, when someone dropped that nugget, I what I am effectively doing with Maple VC is I'm continuing this journey of being an early stage employee uh, and partnering with these founders in their most not obvious days, championing them, doing whatever I can, and then hope you know that they go on and graduate, and then the world gets to know them. And then, by the way, i not that I've moved on. I will still support, but I'm probably finding the next early stage company that I could join that is not obvious because I, I seem to get a kick out of that and a lot of joy in that um, in that period of like of like let me tell the world that that everyone should notice this thing that Brilliant. they don't notice right now that it, I take that chip on my shoulder as well and like I I just I love that journey of, of then sort of it becoming some household name and it, I will get it right you don't get it right in this business quite often <laughs> to be honest but when you do that is the thing I am I am looking for that's driving
1: that's awesome I mean that's it's in, it's in your uh, your DNA you know and, I, and I'm glad you recognize that um, because well you know you don't even have to do your own startup I guess I guess a VC fund is a startup in, in the end of the day but it's it's a, I would always consider it like a good part of startups because you're making it happen for other startups you're recognizing them you're true. validating True. And you're helping them in more than just monetary ways, of course, because you open up right. the doors and all these things, because you know what, if you don't, right. well, then you're just throwing your money away. So, right. you know, you are yeah. being part of that journey, which, which I think is super. super cool. Well, you, yeah, know, it's you, fun. you touched, you touched on South Korea. Um, and I mean, yeah. I was really lucky to have lunch. You know, we, we have our better yeah. halves are both Korean and I was really yeah, lucky to have lunch go. with you. Um, <laughs> when was that? That was in November. And you talked to me about how Seoul is the most amazing place to do business. Because it has what would you call it, the twenty-five billion dollar club? Can, can, you, oh, can, oh, you tell, yes, can you tell? I'll me I'll give about you this? I'll give you that.
0: So yeah, okay. please tell me so, about this. And and I wouldn't have known unless I you know unless I really experienced this place first firsthand. It's it's there's a lot of barriers as you as you rightly know um, to <laughs> to entering a market like like Korea or South Korea <laughs> in general. And so um, yes, my wife is the one who got me here. She's Korean, and and so we're. In a way, temporarily here, Um, I work sort of inside Bowers, and the fund is still uh, based in Silicon Valley. And so, effectively, I spend my time, like I saw you last week or two weeks ago in the valley, right? Um, uh, But okay, Bill Gurley has this stat, so it's a a page out of his out of his playbook that defines what a vibrant tech ecosystem is defined by, and this vibrant tech ecosystem what creates a flywheel that is really hard to stop spinning. And when it becomes kind of vibrant, and and I and I've subscribed to this idea now, and and he claims that when a city, region, or country um, creates three independently traded tech companies worth north of ten billion dollars, he feels like that is a magical moment uh, in time. Um, uh, uh, it's we have three of those that were created in region. Um, it's really tough to stop that flywheel from, us uh, spinning and that, that stuff like, you know, the, the talent knows what good versus great looks like. The there liquid. are acquirers, there's liquidity, angel investing there. Um, there, you could take talent from that shelf and put it over this shelf. Like there's like this ecosystem that like really helps, um, uh, uh, Fuel um, uh, the rest of the startups, and I, I, I you mentioned twenty five. There's, there's twenty five unicorns now oh. in, in South Korea, and so, and I have to believe it's because they have, um, they have five double digit million dollar publicly traded tech companies created in the last, I think, eighteen years, and like, so it's within twenty. And if you take that same twenty year period and apply that metric to markets that we are much more familiar with and talk a lot more about both in the u.s. and even canada as the country i'm not sure, sure you can cut that data by by its cities <laughs> in canada unfortunately you, you don't get three right new york you have data dar then DB, i can't name a third uh, i don't think Etsy ever traded above 10 the la you have spacex and snap i really can't name a third Seattle, I think you have um uh Microsoft, of course, Amazon, and I can't name a third. Austin, I don't think so. All the people moving to Austin and Miami, at least during the pandemic, they're so far from achieving that goal. And this is kind of why you know, Silicon Valley is special, because there's a plethora of those names. And then Canada, I think we only have one. Maybe I'm mistaken, um, but but uh, at least there's one that obviously comes to mind. But, but Koreans, five, Coupon, Naver, Cacao, <laughs> and two gaming companies. They're less known, but what was unique about this market in looking at that metric was most of those companies served one market. And so and so. what's not obvious is all of the names that we would know that we would list in the North American market, they served global markets to achieve that type of market cap and, the, and mm-hmm. that type of uh, success. It was very not obvious, I think, to the world that you could you could build coupon to a one point trade. I think it's at 30 now, but like 50 um, and, and serve one market. <laughs> that was just not obvious to most. And ah. our friends, another fellow Canadian, uh, who was co-founder of C100, Anthony Lee at Altos Ventures, mm-hmm. uh, credit to them and their team, who is a medlo firm, but has an office and a practice and a fund in, in Korea, um, was able to see this 15 years ago and make a bet on it. And like they're in, I think half of the unicorns oh, that, wow, uh, are in that market, um, including some of the publicly traded ones like Coupon. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's again, not obvious, not obvious and, and right in markets that most people would discount and really not wanna serve because of the barriers, culture, language, and also mm-hmm. how are these companies gonna build the global market? They're only gonna serve their market. That could only be so big. Uh, but people underestimated the amount of uh, the homogeneous nature of this market. Oh, yeah. The fact, the mobile penetration of this market, the mm-hmm. density of the cities, like, like I forget the ranking of Seoul in the global index of top of... five.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A it's exactly, a population of right? Canada in one city exactly you know, which, which which says i mean you know what for, for what you're saying because i mean it's all of those things i mean you can have coupon, for example because i mean for people to i guess it's amazon it's kind oh, of it's amazon the, but, it's, yeah. but it's like delivery is like within an hour or two hours i mean it's totally. like unheard of but it's all a built. country where you can drive from one side to the other in six <laughs> hours or seven hours right? right so they're able to do it but i That's remember right. like for example my wife pointing out to me i think it was Nave, or it was like pre-facebook right and she's sure. showing it to me sure this is really popular in Korea. You know, you should make something like this now. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, no one's going to want to share That's No one's going to want that Korean thing. <laughs> no one's going to want to do that. And then from Bad. now on, I'm always talking to my nieces and nephews, you know, in Korean and Jeju and places. And I'm like, show me what's the coolest thing. Like, show me what's yeah, the coolest thing because you guys are probably <laughs> two years ahead of us. So no, yeah. I, 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 I totally beauty, believe that. The beauty <laughs> that
0: Korea has now is there seem to be on a global playing field or like a global stage thanks to entertainment and, yep. and oh, TV yeah. and drama and music and I still need to study why and how they are have this moment I think it's an interesting case study to look at because now maybe the next phase of companies might actually serve markets outside by either exporting what worked here oh, that yeah. now could be more accepted in a North American or western culture and who knows but I've seen a lot of like things that are beautiful that work here that are amazing that their founders are like look we should just bring that out there and like there's a moment in time where it's going to be more accepted and uh than ever before uh just sure. given the zeitgeist of Korea, and um that could be an interesting oppor- opportunity to look at i'm looking at a few as we speak so it's a special it's a fun place it- it's a super space it's a cool place to be i feel like i i born and raised in Canada, have all the networks that I need in Canada, spent since 2007 in the Valley, have all the networks that, that I need to be a part of, that want to be a part of now at this stage of my career, and will continue to cultivate that, um, uh, no doubt. But but entrepreneurship has gone a lot more broad, and it's a lot more disseminated, and I look at venture, this job that I have, as being in as many non-overlapping networks as possible, because that's where you find non-obvious things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I am at the moment yes a personal reason got me here but professionally uh it's adding this unique lens and network that I'm very sure. grateful to my wife to to allow me to have and my LPs to allow me to run the fund from remotely from here because I can only imagine in a decade that we will have another conversation of how I got or got to see something got into something because of this lens that I have here, which is super like unique, for um, sure. To, to, for to, sure. Yeah.
1: Well, well, I had I had the incheon on Thursday and there for a week, and I'm nice. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to. it. And you know what? I think. Nice. I mean, I should say, not, not the thing that impressed me, Andre, is not only have you become an adopted child of Korea, but you're working on the language too, which I think is super uh, yeah, important man. to build. <laughs> to build, you know, to say, hey, I'm here. You know what? And, and I'm here to be yes. there. And yes. you know what? I think that you know, I I, I mean, I was impressed by your Korean. I mine. You know, pour it best at it, but I think it the next time we get together, we're going to have to do it only in Korean. You know, Let's I, I think we do, we'll do that Let's experiment, do okay? Let's I'll do look, it, man. Yeah, Let's more do As you touched on, I mean, I was really, really, really lucky to be down at the uh, C100 event uh, in, um, I guess it was in Napa. was the last year's one. This one was in, uh, what's it called? Half uh, Moon Bay. Half Moon Half Bay, Moon which Bay. was freaking beautiful. Cool, um, yeah. C100 is incredible. But you know, you're the co chair of it. Why is it so important? Like why is this organization so important and so helpful to to the tech
0: community in, in large? Thank you for asking. So a couple of thoughts. One, as you I think alluded to, like Canada in the grand scheme of things isn't that large. Um, and and so uh, I think a lot about our friend John Stackhouse amazing book planet canada plug for that book i hope he does a planet canada too Mm -hmm. because the 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 group of canadian uh expats um are are just continuously growing and (laughs) becoming and doing really interesting important things in the world and so um i think there's an opportunity to think of canada beyond its borders i i think that um what my whole thesis is on and some of the names i mentioned earlier that i started to notice ethereum uber Roblox, Databricks, Cloudflare, Notion Fair, get around Shopify, etc Um uh our most influential export or most uh uh valuable export, uh, if that could be a thing, is it's ta- is our talent. It's our people. And if you could like find a way to put a value to it, like dollars, I think the country would recognize, you know. Countries are known for exporting stuff, right? And <laughs> I personally think um, we should be known for our talent. It's clear in entertainment, the James Camerons of the world. Uh, uh, John Candy? Uh, uh, yeah. The Warren Buffett's successor, Greg from Calgary. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Toob, the highest post you could achieve in academia. At one point, <laughs> Vice Chancellor of uh, Cambridge Institute. And then all the names in tech. I mean, it's just so obvious. Uh, and And um c100 represents an organization or a way to capture all of those people i mean we're um, still early early innings of of, of organizing all of mm-hmm. them and, in a way that could be helpful to the country um and we 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 focus on uh entrepreneurship as a lens to help that country mm-hmm. uh with access to this unique network um particularly both uh, outside, but increasingly inside as well. Given that not everyone moves, but uh, the idea is, as you mentioned in the intro, to to organize the world's most influential Canadian tech to be of help, almost like a secret weapon, to advance this uh, to to advance Canada's entrepreneurship voice in the world. Um, and when you are playing in a population of 30 million or whatnot uh, against TEDx Greater. Mm-hmm. You need every ask. You need every way, and and um, uh, uh 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 secret in your pocket or 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 lever that you can use to achieve that voice in the market. Uh, because it turns out our founders aren't serving just Canadians. Uh, yeah. They're serving global markets that and they just happen to be based in Canada. And and so um, that's what we. I mean, I could summarize it like the ambition is, is 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 ted for canada it is sort yeah, of my version yeah. and what what ted was able to do by um you know by galvanizing all of these amazing thinkers and mm-hmm. um around this concept of ideas in the world um we can do the same but 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 replace ideas with canadian entrepreneurship or canadian founder or canadian tech or canada Right, just replace it. Um, that that is that is what I uh, and what we're on a mission to achieve. If that's wow. yeah, that's
1: and, awesome. and that's awesome. And you know, the funny thing about TED is it is a Vancouver event, so it has it to, <laughs> to go figure. But it is. you know, the thing that I wish people saw is the goodwill amongst that group because that is some hoity-toity people. I mean, you know, you mentioned like Roblox, David. Like, that is oh true. my god, you know, like mind And he's just <laughs> there to talk and go, hey, how can I help? And that seems to be the theme is how can I help? Which, you know, you go and you recognize some of these people, you're like, why do you care? You know, and the answers are, hey, it's my country. I should make, I should do what I can. And I wish we could almost have, I mean, these are always, you know, closed sessions, whatever, but I wish there was some way to bottle that and showcase that there is this energy. And I, I drink the Kool Aid, I'm guilty, you know, but there is this energy of making our country greater and that these leaders are really, really efforting that. Like it's 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 beautiful. Well I don't know if other countries Chris, would do it.
0: Well put, Chris. I don't know if others do it. I think Singapore and uh, maybe Israel. Like there are examples that of governments and countries that pay mm-hmm. attention to the expats that leave and have yep. better ties with them. That's what C one hundred aims to achieve because mm-hmm. we haven't at least seen that from our government. Um, <laughs> um, and so and so that's the sort of play that that we that's the sort of role we want to play uh but you said it really well it is a different sort of feeling of the group where they're there to help and ironically as they help selfishly they get to meet folks that matter to them despite the stage that they're in because they see their equals you know with a company that's 30 billion and another company that's 30 like they they mm-hmm. have stuff to share amongst them as well and so um uh it is a group of people helping helping each other but in turn i think people uh uh, 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 get get a lot selfishly out of it as well, which is why they join. Um, and so it's like kind of like a marketplace that serves each other. If, yeah,
1: if, no, if it's, it's magic. I wish I, I wish we could bottle it. But, um, and then, you nice. know, also I, I just want to again congratulate you. I mean, I had a little sidebar with you about this, but I had a nice chat with the Raid as the CEO today. Thank uh, you. Just to kind of meet him. And you know what? He's awesome. So I assume you had a big influence over his hiring, and you did a great job finding a fantastic CEO. So thank you so much. Thank you. We're
0: super fans, and we're excited for it. It's hard to join a legacy organization now in its 13th or 14th year and take it on with as much grace uh, as he has, but figuring out ways to even continuously expand it. Not an easy task. Nope. Uh, Not all the people are up for that, but... uh, we're excited for what Ray uh, uh, is doing and can do, and and will do in years to come. And we're just appreciative of his dedication. Uh, it's not oh, for not, sure, uh, uh, not an easy job to take on. So, oh, yeah, not, congrats, at right? not at all, not at all. Well, came. you know, as, as
1: as as you know, or at least I've told you, the theme of the Afternoon Tea podcast is speak to wonderful uh, Canadian founders and influencers like yourself in order to prepare that next generation of startups. And you've given some. Incredible. I mean, I can't wait to re-listen to this to just kind of write down some of this bucket stuff that that I think is just Thank gold, you, Chris. But can you? well I mean, that, but can you share one piece of advice if you're going to melt it down to just one to help a younger Canadian founder? Out, what would you say?
0: For me, it's it's one or two punch, but uh, I, I'll give you the second one if you take it or not sure. <laughs> or, or leave it. But but the one is. Um, probably comes down to ambition mm. and and um the bigger ambition you have the i, I actually think ambition is your competitive advantage mm. um if you look at the difference of market cap between uber and lyft, well, <laughs> it's lyft what is the difference of those two companies to me because i have the privilege of being early and being in the room and all the decisions that were being made. And frankly, the ambition, the ambition was different. One was to build a transportation alternative Uh and the other was to build a logistics engine for a city at a a, a much higher level uh, Uh to deliver you anything. Right. And so, um, ambition gives you the aperture to go through this crazy idea maze and widening road that you're going to be on. And I have a lot of empathy for, for founders. Uh, Uh lots of mistakes will be made along the way um it gives uh a lot of opening for tailwinds to be in your favor Uh now or in the future but when the ambition isn't big enough um it becomes an execution play it becomes pretty sort of linear and um sure a lot of things need to go right in startup but like if the ambition isn't there, it like needs to be executed to perfection. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um I just think that Canadians actually are some of the most ambitious people when you meet them. Mm-hmm. Uh they wouldn't have produced the companies that we've talked about and, and listed that are inspirations for me, um, to be a part of, hopefully in the future. And and so, um I would say that uh it, it sometimes it doesn't come to you right away, but but work on um articulating or having that ambition that is just, you know, if it, it, you become in service to this thing, it's bigger mm-hmm. than you. Uh, gotcha. Um, and and you will capture the imagination of the talent that you need to attract along mm-hmm. the journey, the investors that are going to help fund this. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 the thing that's really going to drive. Um, something that becomes enduring in the world and so i will to, i'll stick to that one thing i mentioned another one but let's just stick with ambition
1: i i i think the ambition is great i mean if you raise that bar so high that second place is half of what you are well even if you get three quarters of the way you've go you, you've scored a goal so i i truly truly agree with it i think that's awesome well last question so you're busy and you've got you've got uh things to do but let's go with this Can you please share the name of a Canadian entrepreneurial star or founder that you personally look up to?
0: I'm going to cheat, Chris. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give a founder that's in my own portfolio that I constantly look up to that i hope is considered a star but like it's early and like we'll see and we've alluded to it earlier um and i think he has checked all those boxes that we talked about today regarding a non-obvious starting point an ambition that is super big an ability to attract a wide range of talent uh from inventor through to operators um and, uh, and that's Andrew Chow at Neo mm-hmm. Financial. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, for the for audience that may not know, uh, he founded uh, as part of a group of folks, um, Skip the Dishes, which had mm-hmm. this, um, pretty successful outcome. Um, but it was like only a step along the journey when you really look under the hood and talk to these folks, Perfect. uh, that, that, uh that they're on, this journey that they're on and and, uh and uh half of them and half of the Andrew that we're talking about uh went to reimagine banking, which mm-hmm. like there is no other bigger industry in Canada. It is our industry. It's the <laughs> our RBC is the largest company in Canada and the and the largest bank, right? Like and part of the largest market there's no other market cap that's bigger than in
1: Canada.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um uh, while Neo might eventually, um, uh, uh, go beyond Canada, uh, I think the ambition, uh, even though I mentioned like the ambition go- should go beyond Canada, when your ambition is to build the next big bank of Canada, that's pretty yeah. damn big. <laughs> that's <laughs> as big as it uh, gets. From a, start- from a starting point. Yeah. And so I am just proud to be an early investor since, since virtually the beginning to be on this journey with him, uh, so much more to go, but, but what he's achieved has been actually pretty spectacular, and I I look up to that guy quite a bit. You
1: know? uh, and, and and Prairie Technology too, which is which is fantastic.
0: You don't get non- that too obvious. often. No one non- would think, Chris, that the next big bank, whether we achieve it or not, we'll see, will come out of the prairies. No one mm-hmm. would. That's pretty non-obvious. And by the way, there's virtually no other Canadians on the cap table, so this is unfortunately another one. That wow. could achieve greatness and have the same fate as a Shopify or like name it. They like the hopefully Canadians come in later, but they weren't there in the early day. And and as much as I am one of those, Maple is a U.S. domiciled fund. And mm-hmm. So uh, but but I will I will keep fighting that that waving that flag for them because I I think it's important for Canadians oh. to support.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, I hope I hope that you know you can you can one thousand or ten thousand or even one million thank x you your Chris. investment. there so thank you can you, you know thank so you, you can sponsor <laughs> or support I guess Chris and Jeff and and uh, Andrew's next project because they're going to keep right. doing great things. I know that. <laughs> well, well, well Andre, thank thank you so much for 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 joining us today on the podcast. I was really thank looking forward to to speaking to you. I originally intended to make this shorter, and my gosh, no, it this just kept great because it was too good. Oh. This is awesome. So, this is so I thank you. I thank you for that. And, uh, you know, I look forward to continuing our conversation, uh, soon.
0: Thanks, Chris. Appreciate your time. and appreciate you having me. Ahoy, Afternoon Tea
1: listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is p-o-d-c-a-s-t at podcast. TTT, that is, 3Ts.studio. You will notice there is no .com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.